Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Scott Luton and Enrique Alvarez here with you on Supply Chain. I welcome to today's episode. Enrique, how you doing? Hey, Scott, how are you doing? It's great. It's I'm very excited about this, uh, the guest that we have today. We have an excellent story. And by the way, welcome back from all your world travels. It's great to have you here. Um, and we do have a great episode. We've got quite a unique episode today because for the first time in really my entire career, not just here at Supply Chain Now, but ever, I'm going to be talking, we're going to be talking supply chain and business with a company that makes caskets. So stay tuned for insights that I bet are new to you as well. Uh, but Enrique, this is not just any casket company. These two entrepreneurs are disrupting how a long-standing industry does business. So you buckled up and ready to go? I'm ready. I'm excited about the topic. I'm excited about the guest. And I'm sure that we're all going to learn a lot of things from listening to their experience. I agree. You're always ready. Always ready. Ever ready. Uh, but so with all that said, I want to welcome in our guests here today, Scott Ginsberg, CEO and founder of Titan Casket, and Josh Siegel, COO and co-founder. So nice Scott, thanks for Josh, having us. Uh, Scott, how you doing? Great, thanks. Nice, to, nice great, to be here. Great to see you here today. Looking forward to uh, talking a little bit of Patriots and a lot of business here today. And uh, Josh, great to see you as well. You too. So um, we're going to get to know you a little better. Uh, as we were talking pre-show, uh, um, Scott, you're over there in Boston on the East Coast, and Josh, you're out there just outside of Seattle on the West Coast, so coast to coast. As Josh said pre-show, we got I-90 covered. Is that right, Enrique? That's absolutely right, yeah. Okay. A pretty diverse, kind of uh, geographically speaking, uh, audience today. That's right. I Everybody's guess. getting interstate lessons, and there's going to be a quiz after today's show, but uh, let's start with this. So, Scott, let's start with you. Uh, as we get to know you both a little better, where did you grow up, Scott? I grew up in Marblehead, Massachusetts. Okay. Marblehead, Massachusetts. What is what is uh, one thing that Marblehead is known for? The ocean. We're right smack in the ocean. Okay. And we have great clam chowder. Okay. Well, all right. So there's a fierce clam chowder debate, uh, I believe. So when you when you say clam chowder, what does what you grew up with look like or taste like? White potatoes, clams, thick. So not the red stuff, is that right? Not the red stuff, no, no. True <laughs> clam chowder. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, all right, so one more thing, because we could talk about uh, seafood all day long, and I'd be starved. We'd all be starving before we left. Um, I mentioned the Patriots. So you're a big-time Patriots fan. And we we're talking about all those Lombardi yes. trophies y'all have run. You've had it pretty good this in the last, uh, I don't know, two decades, huh? Uh, I, we can't complain. I'm a huge Tom Brady fan. Um, but, yes, we're very fortunate here in New England. You know, um, I remember growing up, uh, Enrique, uh, Scott, and Josh, when Joe Montana won, I think he won four Super Bowls. I'm like, man, who's ever going to be able to beat that? And then comes long Tom Brady. I don't know how many rings he's got, maybe one for every finger, but we're very jealous down here in Atlanta, Scott, of the Patriots' success. I mean, it's understandable. I mean, uh, we're lucky here, and by default, I'm a Buccaneers fan now also. I, as, as I would be, too, as I would be, too. When the uh, Hawks traded Dominique Wilkins, which should never happen uh, to the Spurs. Either Spurs or Clippers. Uh, I was pulling for him wherever he went. He was a, a Hawks icon. So good stuff. All right. So, Josh, uh, let's get to know you a little better. Where did you grow up? I grew up in a small town outside Hartford, Connecticut, called South Windsor, um, okay. which was all farms. I moved there when I was three and then turned into suburbs over the next couple decades. Yeah. South Windsor. So it, when you think about your upbringing there in South Windsor, what is one thing that's inseparable from your childhood, we'll call it? 
South Windsor. Um, well, it's right. I mean, you were talking sports. It's it's halfway between Boston and New York, and so you get nice small town, but you also get the best of both cities there, including uh, fandom and the ability to to get there. It's right on I eighty four. Speaking of interstates, which is I think the most pass through state interstate in the country, so um, yeah, a lot of we got a lot of good things living there. Well, Enrique, we we said that folks are going to get a lesson. And, and, and interstates here today. Have you ever been, Sonorique, uh, based on what Scott and Josh has already shared, kind of in that, uh, the, up, the upper northeast, have you ever been up there? When, or when's the last time, maybe, Enrique, because you travel the world? I, I have been there, but not recently. I don't think I actually went there last year either. But uh, okay. both New York, Boston, that area is beautiful. Probably it is. a little too cold for me uh, <laughs> this time of the year, but but definitely beautiful. Well, uh, Josh, one more question, because uh, from South Windsor to now, you're outside, you know, just outside of Seattle, I believe. Um, when did you, you move out west? I moved out here in, in 2011. Um, my wife and our third co-founder, actually, Liz, and I were living abroad for a while, and then I, I moved out to Seattle when I started working for Amazon. And, you know, we asked, we were talking with uh, Clem Chatter with Scott, and we love talking food around here. What is one, you know, in the Seattle area... I've got some guesses, but what's one of your favorite food finds since you've been there? Uh, it's all seafood out here, just like in the Northeast. So Dungeness crab comes in all all forms out here. And so uh, I try to order it in whatever form is available on the menu. All day, every day. Love that, uh, Josh. Well, uh, welcome to you both, Scott and Josh. Great to have you here. Uh, we got a great story we're going to dive into. Enrique, though. Where are we going next with our two guests here? Well, before we deep dive into uh, Titan Casket, I would like to talk a little bit more about what you both did, professionally speaking, your careers, or anything that you would like to share with us uh, before uh, Titan Casket. And uh, let's start with you, Josh. Um, I heard, and you mentioned it, that uh, you work for Amazon in logistics. Is that correct? That's right. Um, yeah, I, I often say that I've been trying to figure out heavy bulk e-commerce for a dozen years now between my time at Amazon and here at, at Titan. Um, so I, I, when I joined, I, I ran their TV business for a few years. So selling TVs, very large, expensive items online that honestly, most people like to see in person before they purchase. So it took on some, some very hard challenges there and, and trying to get people to buy things online. And then later I moved into the operations as Amazon started delivering its own packages and again, with Heavy Bulky, trying to figure out what is the right experience to deliver through LTL and furniture, mattresses, TVs, and uh, and later caskets. Yeah, which I'm guessing all this experience has led to the business model that you now have and you guys run so successfully. And Scott, turning to you, um, you were already selling caskets, right? Yes, uh, I uh, was a casket manufacturer sold and produced caskets really along the eastern seaboard. How did you get into uh, that business? If, if you don't mind sharing a little well, bit more of the details. Then. <laughs> well, that's even <laughs> for a longer story than here. <laughs> um, it's going to be a 17-part series, Scott, huh? <laughs> yeah, it re- yeah, it'd be for a long uh, uh, take here. But to the long and the, long the short of it, I found a niche that there was no one making caskets here in the Northeast and saw an opportunity and decided to be the only metal manufacturer really on the East coast. Mm. Well, so that begs the question then, as we're about to be talking a lot more about uh, your company, uh, when did the two of y'all meet Josh? Why don't you describe where the two of y'all met? So I I was at Amazon and and when you're at Amazon, you often get phone calls from, people who find you on LinkedIn looking for help and getting set up as a seller or a vendor. And you know, nine out of 10 times, you, you can't take all these phone calls. But I was driving across I-90 one day on my way to work and the phone rings. And on the other end, it was Scott. I, I picked it up. You know, you rarely pick up unknown numbers. And he said, hey, I'm, uh, I went to Columbia Business School like, like you did. And I found you in the alumni network. And I'm trying to be a vendor on Amazon. And I sell caskets. And once <laughs> okay. he mentioned, once mentioned that word, uh, I said, okay, let's, let's keep talking. And he started to describe the structure of the industry and the opportunity here and all things we can get into. 
Um, but not very much later, he, he flew out to Seattle and we had lunch together and really got to know each other and start to, to sketch out what now several years later is Titan. Scott, anything you'd add to that? No, I mean, uh, it's, it, it's true. I flew out there. We had, uh, lunch on a napkin, uh, drew out what both got food uh, our thoughts are. What was that? You both got and food poisoning? Yeah, Josh, yeah, yeah, we got food poisoning that day. <laughs> That's awful. Uh, we're not laughing at you, uh, but that, it just, it was meant to be, I guess. It was meant to be. Um, and, yeah. and, uh, but Scott, I think part of what I'm hearing here with, with, um, how y'all first met is, is as, as anyone, not just as entrepreneurs, but certainly as entrepreneurs, you got to create your own luck, you know, and you got to use whatever, uh, common threads you can use to initiate conversations and to build opportunities. Would you agree, Scott? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I was soul searching, thinking, you know, what I could do, what I, because I was selling currently on Amazon and, uh, reaching out to people that have different skill sets than I have. And you just have to really, you know, no pun intended, think outside the box a little bit. Yeah. Pick up the phone, make it happen. Pick yeah, up the phone, exactly. pick up the carrier pigeon, the email, whatever, however you can connect with folks. Um, one last question before we shift over to learn a lot more about Titan Casket is, uh, Josh, I think anyone, probably any time, and how many years did you spend at Amazon? Is there eight, eight and a half years. Okay, eight and a half years. So um, do you, uh, you're going to be uh, answering questions from your kids, your grandkids, you know, about those eight and a half years at Amazon. So when's the book come out? <laughs> I think there's been plenty of books written about Amazon now. Um, <laughs> Saturated yeah, market. Amazing. Totally. It, it was an amazing year, eight years to be there. I think when I left, I was in the, you know, one, the top 1% of joiners in terms of tenure, just because the company grew so fast during those years. Um, and you really saw the company go from when I got there, there it was a real vibe that um, it could go away at any time and the fight was on. So even though it was already a big company at that point, it did feel uh, very entrepreneurial and scrappy. And then, you know, when I left, I think it still kept those same values. So you could see how to scale a, a company based on a set of leadership principles. Same ones mm -hmm. we talk about here today at Titan, even though we're you know, very few people. And, um, and to, uh, but also had, had dealt with the bureaucracy and becoming such a cultural cornerstone and one of the biggest employers in the U.S. So it was, a, it was a wild time to be there. Wild time. All right. So Ricky, I want to give you a chance to comment because I know that a lot of what they both have shared in, in just the last couple of uh, segments probably speak volumes uh, to you, your quick thoughts there about whether creating your own luck or, or having the great opportunity of working at a, a, an iconic company like Amazon. Well, and I think both of those things, right? At the beginning, it was very, it's it's great to hear how uh, it went from a phone call to, yes, I will book my trip to Seattle and meet you in person. And I think that's the step that most people kind of don't do, right? You always have great ideas. You always have great passion. You always want to do things, but hey, taking a plane, that's that's the next step. And, and and it apparently worked out great for you too. And so I'm very excited to hear the rest of the story. We are too. We are too. Well said. Um, okay. So to our listeners out there, as we segue here, I bet when you first heard me mention the word casket, you're like, what in the world? Well, I got to tell you, we get, um, our door gets pounded by folks that are looking to appear, look, have a conversation, you name it. And when, when I uh, came across Titan Casket and, and Josh and Scott here, I'm like, man, you know, I know nothing about that entire industry that touches us all. We got to have a conversation. So uh, as we're about to talk more, I want to mention a couple of things. Uh, first off, Scott and Josh, congrats on the successful round of funding, funding you had in 2022. Um, clearly you are on the move. Uh, and we're going to talk more about how you're disrupting industry and I think a great prefacing especially for our listeners out there as I looked at some um, some of the press around the successful around the uh, fundraising that you had I was struck by this quote I saw in one of the, the press releases it was by Andrew Ovid and he said quote death care is one of the most taboo and least modernized markets end quote and I'm like man that is so true that is so true so with that as a backdrop, I want to dive into uh, learning more about this fast-growing business that you both uh, are, are leading. Um, 
And because again, our, I bet it's a business and an industry that our listeners know very little about. So Scott, let's start with you. How did you set out to disrupt this longstanding uh, sector in, or industry? Well, when you look at this industry as a whole, this industry itself hasn't really changed in over a hundred years. You've done the same thing you've done uh, time and time again. Someone passes, you go to that same funeral home, you don't shop, you walk into that same selection room, you see those same six or eight caskets that haven't changed over 20 odd years. And when you think about it, it's really a broken experience. You're under pressure. And how to be a better way. And that was really one of the, the genesis of that. How to be a better way to do this. And uh, because with the, um, let's touch upon this yet, but the funeral rule, which is passed in the 1980s, gives you, the consumer, the right to purchase a casket and have it sent to the funeral home of your choice. That really was the linchpin of this business. Because of that one rule, we get, I got to launch Titan Casket in 2016. So, Scott, just for uh, to make sure our listeners are aware, what you're talking about there, I believe, is a federal legislation that passed in the 80s where that, that creates those consumer rights to choose whatever casket that they would love, would like for their family members in the funeral homes need to honor that, um, that those choices. Is that right? That's correct. Um, all right. So I'm going to circle back and, and, and so we can really, uh, maybe in a nutshell, y'all talk about what Titan Casket does. But Josh, as we stick with this, um, disruption and the opportunity that was there that Scott was just talking about, would you add anything else? I mean, what, 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 what made you say, hey, yeah, I want to fly this guy out here and, and I want to then talk with him and, and I'm going to eventually leave Amazon to, to, to grow this company. What, what, what spoke to you? Uh, two things here. The first is the, there are two large casket manufacturers that control 85% of the market and they only sell to funeral homes. And so when Scott described the funeral rule and the ability to, to sell direct to consumer and through his network of manufacturers outside of those big two, that immediately was to me the story that Warby Parker was telling about sunglasses, where they went up against Luxottica, who only sold to their own retail stores. And so I saw not only an interesting business opportunity here in another category that would naturally move online, um, but also a real way to help people. You know, we if you look at our reviews and you think about the families we're working with every day, we're, we're working with families going through one of the most meaningful weeks of their lives. We can help educate them. We can help them save a ton of money. And so it was, I thought, a real interesting business opportunity and a meaningful way to, to uh, spend my time. Mm, well said. Uh, Enrique, I want to check in with you here as we're talking about the, the opportunity and, and some of their why, really, they're speaking to. And, of course, the, the um, disruption opportunity that, that existed. Your thoughts, Enrique, before we get into the level set, a little bit more about what uh, Titan Casket does. No, I would love to hear a little bit more about like the type of caskets they sell and a little bit more of the details because uh, I guess it's it's clear that there was an opportunity there, of course, an industry that not a lot of people kind of looked into. And when they do, as God put it, it's already under pressure. You're clearly not thinking uh, straight or you're not really trying to save money at that point sometimes. So uh, on top of the opportunity that the market presented for you guys, what other things have you actually improved in the product itself or the experience itself that I that makes you so unique and so successful? I, could, I can answer. So I think the experience, um, you know, one other trend you see in every category, um, including including events. If you think about how people plan weddings now, you you start that from your your kitchen table, surrounded by loved ones not with a salesperson. So just the ability to be um, to, to envision what you would like to, how you would like to say goodbye and take control of that, I think is how we've changed the experience. Um, and second, because we're an online retailer and we don't have a limited, we don't have limited shelf space. So you walk into a, a funeral home, you may have eight or 10 caskets there. Um, you know, we're able to offer over a thousand models on our site. And so the ability to not only plan at home and meet the vision of what you, you have and see that selection, as well as save a ton of money because you're, you're, um, you, you are educated about the processes are all things that we've changed about the experience. 
And Scott, plus also, you, oh, yeah, go ahead, Scott. Plus also, you have the ability to to customize it. So if you you know you have a unique way that you want to honor your loved one. So with us online, you could create a different color, a different interior, whatever that that theme is that you're looking for. You can do from the the comfort of your living room. Man, um, bef- before we go in, I'm going to ask you a, um, a neat tie-in here in a minute, and Enrique is going to ask you more about the operational side of your business here in a moment. But um, before we go any further, as um, as I'm sure you get folks stopping the elevator or, or at a restaurant or whatever, hey. What is Titan Casket in a nutshell? What else would you add uh, beyond what you've shared uh, to folks that may ask that question? Scott, would you add, add anything else, sir? Yeah, I think uh, if someone asks, we here at Titan help our clients uh, not take an emotional loss and turn it to a financial loss. Mm. And Josh, uh, we've all referenced kind of that, um, you know, that, 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 Moment and journey that uh, death care, to use Andrew's term from the, the, the press release, we're all at a very unique mental state, uh, right? The whole family is. And I like what Scott just shared there. You know, let's not allow kind of where, you know, the, the, where our minds are at that moment to create bigger problems down the road because of maybe not being aware of, of the choices we have out there. Is that right, Josh? That's right. I, I think so much of our mission is just normalizing conversations around funerals. It, it you, people, you know, you go through your lives. You don't want to talk about this. It's uncomfortable, right? It's, it's, but we know how beneficial it is when families sit down and are educated about the process before they come into it or, or call a company like us where we can, we could talk them through what to expect. Um, they, it's just massively better outcomes. And so. I think what we're, we need to be willing to do as a company is, um, uh, is, is act like a regular consumer brand and, and do things like we had a Black Friday promotion, right? It, and even though that may seem a little odd for coming from a casket company, it raises, it gets press, it raises awareness around the funeral rule. And so we, we just are so confident that when consumers and families engage with funeral planning ahead of a time of need, um, it's so beneficial. Breed. I love how you are thinking and you're approaching and, um, maybe next time we'll have you, I'd love to go through some case studies where, uh, just in empowering the consumers that you are, are, are in your customers you're dealing with and giving them the choice, um, you know, uh, beyond maybe more choices, but the savings and, and just, um, you know, the freedom to get kind of outside the system. All those are a ton of value there. Um, okay. So Enrique, how cool, um, I'm going to ask him, you can't steal my question because I'm going I'm, to be cool with my kids. <laughs> Go so, for it. But <laughs> when you think about what they were just talking about, Enrique, I want to get your comment there. Um, but I got to tell you, this is, um, it makes so much sense that I'm sitting here talking with them. But like, you know, uh, for the rest of my life, I never stopped to think about it. Your quick thoughts uh, on that, on, on disrupting the casket industry, Enrique. Yeah, so I'll give you my two cents, but then also a quick question back to both Josh and Scott, because I feel like with all this new way of approaching this very sad and uh, process, I mean, is it, are you seeing a little more engagement by people? For example, me, when I die, if I had this option now, I could probably go online before I die and say, pick my Barcelona colors or whatever. Is there some kind of, uh, People that are probably planning a little bit more, seeing death a little bit more naturally. I mean, at the end of the day, it's part of life and we're all going to go through it. So I think that opening up the discussion and the conversation, the way that you guys are doing it seems, seems natural, seems right. It shouldn't be a taboo. So, but do you see a little bit more engagement by the ultimate user of the caskets? Sure. We have, uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, people call us all the time, ask us. Uh, that, you know, we have a loved one and um, we're thinking about down the road, maybe a few years from now, we're looking for something unique and different. And because things like that, we also have what's called a pre-planning option also on our site. So you can go to our site and, and pre-plan. Mm. If you're looking for a casket down the road, a year's down the road, you can also do something like that. But that is what we're doing. It's really bringing up a lot more conversations that, the average person wouldn't be thinking about ordinarily because I think what we're doing now is really putting a spotlight on on this. 
Enrique, I'm glad you asked that question. Scott, thank you for that response because if our audience is anything, <laughs> there's a lot of planners amongst our global audience, right? Um, all right. You gotta, so, Scott, you gotta start ordering your, uh, Braves, Braves <laughs> logo. You know, <laughs> being a huge Braves fan, that you, would be very fitting. <laughs> you yeah, know, I know. <laughs> uh, we'll have to see if they, they'll, they'll, uh, stock that one, but, um, um, okay. So let's talk about, I saw one of your, uh, y'all been getting a lot of press in recent years and, and, uh, congrats again on y'all's growth and, and, and especially the innovative, uh, approach behind it. So what is this? I know it's not Tom Brady, Scott, but what is this? I've read about Taylor Swift in a certain music video. Scott, tell us more. Sure. Um, we sell caskets to movie studios and production companies all the time. And they'll ask us for sometimes to custom make them and we'll sometimes know what the cask is going to be used for. But sometimes you also don't know. And so this one particular production company uh, purchased a casket and it was back in July of last year and didn't think much of it. But one of our employees uh, gave me a call and said, Scott, I think that's our casket in the Taylor Swift video. And she's a huge Taylor Swift fan. So I took a look at it and I go, yeah, that is. But let's just double check and made a phone call to the production company and they verified it. And I had to, you know, take a pause for a second. I called Josh and Liz immediately and, um, and we just couldn't believe that one of the most popular people on the planet Earth is using our casket, actually is in our casket. And one of the most recognizable uh, songs, videos on the planet, and it's just it's just unbelievable. Uh, hey, I'm with you, and uh, I can't wait to tell my kids, uh, Josh. I bet you and and uh, Liz, I think it was. I bet that was quite a moment y'all celebrated, huh? Yeah, I mean the the crazy thing about it is that it was the day after we were presenting in front of the Federal Trade Commission about. Funeral, the funeral rule, because they are for the first time in a generation looking at updating it. And so what happened after we noticed this was online is, is one of her uh, followers on Twitter and, and Instagram who identifies products in her music videos, identified that that was a Titan casket, went viral. All of a sudden we are flooded with comments and, and people, you know, engaging with us online. Then that followed with a week and a half of press. And so what was great about this was not just the attention it brought to the company. And obviously, as an entrepreneur, it's a thrill to see someone so famous in your product. Um, but it brought so much attention to the funeral, which is our whole mission. And so the timing of this was, um, you know, thrilling as a, a business owner, but also just, um, you know, we have a team here who works so hard every day with with families. And, you know, it's, it's a hard job what we're asking our team to do. And um, so it was really just an uplifting, uplifting thing to happen. I love it. So, um, musicians out there, rock and roll stars, uh, from Rolling Stones to the Backstreet Boys, they're still thinking, I don't know, but hey, <laughs> check out Titan <laughs> Casket if you want to be the cool kids in your music videos. Um, Enrique, now, as we were talking about, um, uh, Scott and Josh both were kind of asking about our, our global audience here at Supply Chain. Now, of course, I'll self-identify I'm big supply chain nerd. You know, that's what we're talking about often supply chain management. And I think with your next question to Scott and Josh, we want to kind of gain some insights from the operational side of the business. Is that right, Enrique? Absolutely. And of course, as you mentioned, like everyone in this program, at least in show, is interested in the supply chain operations side of things. And so I just turn back to you guys, Josh and Scott, and uh, from the supply chain of Titan Caskets, can you share a few things, a few de details that you probably have learned in the last years of uh, operating such a successful business? I can start. So, so the one yeah. unique thing about the one unique thing Josh about the wanted, you wanted that question, didn't you, Josh? You're like, yeah, I, this is, this one's for me. Well, again, this could be a whole another hour and a half podcast about yeah, this. Could be easy. This yeah, definitely. But I think what's most important though, to, to talk about just a little bit and I'll let Josh grab it. Uh, from the operational aspect, our third founder who is not here right now is, is huge in this area. This is, uh, uh, she's in. Her name is Liz Siegel and also is Josh's, uh, wife. Just want to mention that. 
So high five the list. I'll pass it off to Josh. Yeah, so okay. Josh. Um, yeah, so <laughs> now walk carefully, marry, right, Josh? <laughs> yeah, marry somebody who's very operationally oriented is, is the lesson. Um, <laughs> we we sell one of the, I think, the only products that is both, you know, heavy bulky, ships through those networks, and has to be there on time or it, it's a complete disaster, right? It, the furniture can show up a day late. A fridge can show up a few days late. Like maybe if you're you're shipping, you know, wood for a contracting job that starts, you have to, it has to be there in time. But that's the unique thing about our business that we have not found great solutions for from third parties. And so we've had to build um, nearly every part of our process ourselves in terms of how we track shipments, how we work with carriers, how we pull in and cores when shipments are off track, how we um, communicate with customers. So, right, if you order a, a book today from Amazon, you know exactly where that is at all time. You know where the truck is. And these are things that are missing um, in the LTL space. And so I, I think um, my main lesson, which I already knew after being at Amazon for eight years trying to fix these, is that the, the whole heavy, bulky part of the supply chain, um, you know, is a generation behind where small parcel is. Mm. Scott, anything else you want to add there? Well, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it's John. I mean, ahead, to Josh's point, it is challenging. Like shipping a refrigerator, you know, across the country. I mean, even though we do it, but even the challenge is make sure it gets there one piece, which is also another challenge. So uh, it isn't easy. But again, we have a really great team of people behind the scenes following everything, every step of the way, communicating with the client every step of the way. And the person who's taking that charge is is uh, Liz. Mm. Well, we're gonna have to set up uh, Enrique uh, an interview with uh, with Liz uh, behind the green curtain to use that Wizard of Oz uh, um, um, analogy. Yeah. Enrique, what based on what they're talking about from the operational side, and look, you know, supply chain management of any sort is not for the faint of heart, right? And um, it makes these makes the team Scott, Josh, Liz, and the, the rest of the team even more bold, right? Because not only are they disrupting the industry, but they're they're embracing a, a challenging logistics uh, uh, feat, right? Enrique, what else uh, when the, as they're talking about the operational side, what else comes to your mind? Well, it comes. Um, it's it's interesting how many. Um, examples I can get from different industries, right? It sounds like you guys are in the casket industry, but at the same time, it's more like a technology company in the sense that everything's kind of sold online, you customize it, and then you have to ship it, and it has to be there at the very exact time when it's needed, which makes perfect sense. So, uh, no, it, it seems it seems very interesting from all these different angles, Um So, it's, fu- it's funny. When you mentioned Andrew, our investor, one thing we told him when we were finalizing the investment is there's a 5% chance he's investing in a heavy bulky SaaS company because we, we do have to build so much software in-house to, um, to manage the business. We're trying to scale on the operational side. Yeah. And to that point too, I mean, if someone asks us, do we sell caskets? Absolutely. But we're just as much in the shipping business as the casket business. I believe that. Uh, all right. So the billion dollar question here, Enrique, I think mentioned, Barcelona. Is that your major league or is that your uh, big soccer t- team? Is that your, uh, your big fan of Enrique? Absolutely. Yep. All right. So, uh, Scott and Josh, do you've got soccer clubs that, uh, uh, for casket options? We could make them. Barcelona, <laughs> Barcelona funeral cast. That's it. Okay. That's that's the beauty. Well, that's the beauty uh, about what you guys do, right? It's customizable to the point that maybe not now, but down the road, you can get to those lengths. And I'm sure that's not even a super creative uh, casket. I'm sure there's more creative people out there. Do you have any, I guess, random requests that you can share with us? Something funny like that that someone maybe wanted or. I have a unique one, a little bit. Uh, someone recently uh, called and he worked, uh, he was a coach on a uh, high school team. He died in the middle of the season and the team's colors were orange. And as you could imagine, how many orange caskets do we really make? Not a lot. So uh, we made an orange casket 
And uh, I was a little nervous just because there are various shades of orange. Right. And um, so I made it the color of like a sun-kissed orange. And they received it and they were happy. And that's probably uh, one of the more unique ones. Oh, man. I love that. I love that. Um, and you're right. There are lots of shades of orange. As a Clemson fan, you got Clemson orange, you got Tennessee orange, <laughs> yeah. you got Texas, I think they burnt orange. So, uh, but yeah. how cool is that? You know, give folks options and where they can really make a statement, um, you know, as part of their funeral as well. Um, all right. So one final question around, uh, global supply chain. Uh, and Josh, I'm start with you here. You know, as you survey, um, what's going on out in global industry? What's one topic that uh, maybe uh, has got your attention more than others right now? And so for me, I, you know, I'm was at Amazon a long time. I'm always thinking about the customer experience. Um, to me, I, what I would love to see is what are innovations that are happening um, post-order from a customer perspective. I think a lot of what's been designed in the heavy bulky space um, helps helps the shipper helps the, the the shipper meaning us or or the LTL company track a package, um, but there hasn't been a lot of investment into what is the what's the perfect experience for a customer who orders when you're talking heavy bulk it's usually a high priced item, not always as 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 important to be there in time as a casket, but still something that somebody spent a lot of time thinking about. What is the perfect experience for that customer post order to take all the stress out of it? And to, to enhance it. And I think company, a company that can figure that out will be either the preferred shipper or a preferred software layer that, that every company like ours will, would want to use. Mm. Um, and so that's where, that's where I'm constantly scanning. I'm hoping we don't have to, to build it ourselves just because we got a lot going on. Yeah. No kidding. And, and you're right. Customer experience, good old CX, one of the many X's out there, uh, CX, UX. TX, you name it. Um, uh, thankfully, uh, it's got the attention of a lot of business leaders out there. And I bet those eight and a half years at Amazon and that perspective and experience you have, um, that you, that you bring to the table, I bet it's been really valuable for Titan Casket. Um, Scott, same question. And Enrique, by the way, I'm going to give you a heads up. I'm, I'm going to ask you the same question too, uh, given what you do day in, day out, you and your team. But Scott, what's one thing as you look at global business? What's one topic that's got your attention? Well, I mean, just touching upon what Josh just mentioned, that is on the forefront of my brain constantly. That's if we could just figure that out, that would enhance our business and it just knock it out of the park for us. That's right now is, I think, for us, the key. The key is shipping, getting it from here to there in perfect condition and be able to track it and give that consumer the best experience possible. Yeah, love that. And and, and the family by extension, right? Um, so... Enrique, uh, again, a unique, a unique episode like we knew <laughs> on the front end. Uh, what's one thing? Uh, maybe it's related to what Scott and Josh is talking. Maybe it's not, but one, as you survey global supply chain, uh, and as we're getting ready, uh, we're already in the new year. What's one, one topic, trend, news item that's got your attention lately? Yeah, I think for this year, at least for me, there's still one that, uh, Josh and Scott already touched upon, which is visibility. I think visibility is going to be very, very important, especially at the international realm. And uh, Josh mentioned, well, if you could know where the casket is at all times, which is something that you can do now with uh, GPS tracking capabilities that are getting less expensive every day. Uh, so that could be one uh, definitely needed and uh, definitely good for the overall experience and the consumers and uh, the other one's just sustainability. I think there's a lot of sustainability coming. I think the U.S. is a little bit behind uh, compared to other countries, and that's something that I think uh, I would like to see, and I'm going to continue kind of looking forward to. Yeah, great. We got a lot of work to do in that regard, right? Yep, absolutely. Um, so, uh, and, and speaking of visibility, uh, what I like to say is, you know, for years, business leaders – have, have sought for and asked for and asked for investments to, to gain that visibility. Well, in, in by large measure, it's here now and it's, it's, it's what are you going to do with it, right? That's where the board, boardroom and consumers and, and, uh, the rest of the business is, is expecting, uh, uh, the gains we made. So, um, okay. I want to shift gears here as we start to wind, uh, today's episode down. 
really have enjoyed uh, the story Scott and Josh has brought to the table here and, and, and how Titan Casket is, is really changing industry for the better and especially for the consumer. I love stories like that. So as fellow entrepreneurs, we've got, we've got a whole panel here of entrepreneurs. Um, Scott, I'm going to start with you here. What is one of your biggest mentors or role models? I kind of have two. One would be my high school teacher. Um, really great guy. His name is uh, Tim Riley. And he would say to me, you know, the top of one mountain uh, is the bottom of the next. Mm. Go keep on climbing. Give up. And uh, the next, I would say Elon Musk. So which uh, of Elon Musk's businesses out there? Do you, do you, uh, is, is Tesla, is SpaceX, is What's, what do you find the most fascinating aspect of what he's had his hands in? I mean, for me, I love Tesla. And for uh, also someone wake up one day and say, you know, I want to have a hobby and shoot rockets up. I mean, <laughs> who does that? I mean, so, I mean, I think he's just a visionary. He's a one in a generation kind of individual. And uh, it's an amazing guy. Yeah. Um, speaking of space, it's really cool to see um, what's been going on the last couple of years, especially even NASA's getting back into launching that massive rocket and, of course, the James Webb Telescope. Um, hopefully, we're moving into another golden era for space exploration. We'll see. Um, Josh, same question. Uh, it's going to be two, two to top there. Two, two, uh, um, it's going to be challenging to top maybe there. But, Josh, biggest mentors, role models, what's one that comes to mind? So I'll, uh, I mean, it's kind of a maybe boring example because I mentioned I was at Amazon, but I'll, I'll say Bezos and, and largely because he's representative of so many of the great leaders I worked with at Amazon who were my day-to-day mentors. Um, but I remember I, I was in a room with him a few times and I remember once it was the night before a big product launch and he was already at that point, the richest person on the planet. And he came into the room, he was enthusiastic and he was line editing the product page for the product launch the next day. And so the, the impression that made on me of, of the person who's, you know, the richest person on the planet spending their time being that in the details um, has never left me. And I think that is a lesson, you know, now as an entrepreneur, I think one lesson we learned again and again is you have to do, no one's going to do it for you, right? You, anything in our business that we try to add, we have to do it ourselves first to figure out how to make it work here. And then you could scale it through others. But anytime we've said, okay, we want to do this thing. And so let's hire a person or an agency. It just hasn't gone well because you don't know how to do it yourself. Mm. And so that's why I, I think about that, that experience a lot and uh, remind, remind myself of it. That's a good one, man. Uh, Enrique, I bet that uh, uh, that's got some kindred spirits with you, huh? Definitely. No, that, that resonates with me and I'm sure it resonates with you, Scott. Yeah. You, you know, we, um, I think Greg White, uh, of course, me and Ricky and Greg, uh, we, we host a lot of shows around here. Uh, a lot of times, uh, Greg will use this phrase, the chief executive officer and also the chief bottle washer, right? Cause you, you can't be too high minded to do anything, right? And there, and there, and Josh, to your point, uh, not only on one, on one hand, there's a sense of humility, right? In that example. Really, a great entrepreneurial lesson there. Uh, also, with your point, is you got to be able to figure out and know how to disrupt it and, and and how to make it happen, how to execute before you hand it off. In many cases, so I love that's where you find that competitive advantage and and um, and and how you can disrupt and and build an organization. What the secret sauce is. So good stuff there. Um, okay, now we get to one piece of advice. Now, Scott, I'm, I'm circle back around to you. You've already shared a little bit. Uh, from Tim Riley, I think was your high school teacher. I love that the mountain top one mountain is the bomb of the next. Any other piece of advice you might can offer our listeners? Yeah, don't be afraid. You know, don't be afraid to pick that phone up. Don't be afraid to ask because you're going to get lots and lots of no's. But that old adage is the answer is going to be no if you don't try. Oh, yep. And if you're not getting lots of no's, you're not asking for enough money. <laughs> Maybe or you're not asking the big enough question. Good stuff there. I love that. And, if, and clearly you're living that, all right? You're, uh, you're, you're practicing what you preach. Josh, one piece of advice. I, I think, um, 
one thing I've learned, you know, from Scott, but also in Titan versus when I worked at larger corporations is how important relationships and, and trust is. I think, you know, even among the founding team, we worked together for years before we actually founded Titan. I'm obviously married to our other founders, so there's trust there. Um, but then if you, if you look at the, the moments that have happened, um, the, the way we built the business, it's so much of the momentum you, you have through relationships where you, you have those relationships, you are trying lots of different things, like Scott said. And so we look like, I won't get into all the detail, but you look at what happened with the Taylor Swift press. It didn't just happen, right? It, it, it happened because we had done 15 other things of which five worked and those came together at that moment. And so, um, you know, just 15 specific things, never mind the years of investing in the business. So, right. um, you know, relationship trust. And then I would, I would double down on what Scott said. Man, Josh and Scott, quite the one-two punch. Enrique, before I make sure folks know how to connect with uh, both of these, these entrepreneurs and Titan Casket, anything you want to add when it comes to uh, uh, advice for our listeners, especially those entrepreneurs out there? Well, I think the advice that they gave is pretty much, um, it's a big part of what it takes to become an entrepreneur, right? I mean, don't be afraid. Never keep asking for things and just work hard. Do it yourself. I think they covered it. I think so. It's just that simple, right? The, the last hour. Sounds, sounds simple, see, right? Not a lot of people would do right it, here. but it sounds simpler, yeah, than what well, it really is. You know, Scott mentioned it too. Uh, he, he, um, I think he said, don't be scared. You know, but be bold, right? If you see an opportunity, it doesn't matter if, if folks have been doing it one way for a hundred years. It usually means that it's ripe for a big, um, improvement and disruption. And clearly that's what Titan Casket's doing. And again, the, the, the good news here, a big part of it, at least from where I sit, is giving families a lot more options, right? Um, a lot more options. That's always a good thing. So with that said, um, let's make sure, um, folks want to connect with you, Scott and Josh and Titan Casket. Scott, I'll start with you. How can folks connect with you? Go to titancasket.com. Um, and, or you could email us, uh, at, I'm Scott at Titan Casket and Josh is Josh at Titan Casket. And we'd love to hear and help and feel free to reach out. I love that, Scott. Thank you very much. Josh, you want to add anything there or he, he's got it? I would say call us if you're, you know, we got the big number on the website. We're not afraid yeah. um, of people calling us. And so, uh, you know, we're here, even if you don't have a need in the short term, you know, we're here as a resource we're a service as much as we are a product company. And so, so um, we're always interested in, uh, like I said, relationships. Outstanding. Just right up the road on I-90. Uh, grab a bowl of clam chowder with uh, Scott or some uh, Dungeness crabs. Is that right, Josh? <laughs> Over in Seattle, if you're West Coast. Um, or big thanks. Uh, Scott Ginsburg, CEO and founder uh, with Titan Casket and his colleague and partner, Josh Siegel, COO and co-founder with Titan Casket. Hey, big shout out to Liz. We'll have to get her story down the road a little bit, but thank you, uh, Scott, for joining us. Thank you, Scott and Justin and Enrique for having us. You bet. And Josh, great to see you. Thanks for your time. Yeah, thanks so much. It was great to meet you both. All righty. All right. Uh, man, what a story. Enrique, I tell you, I'm so glad. Uh, I knew this was going to be a unique story, and uh, and certainly I had all of this in my blind spot. But let me ask you, before we make sure folks know how to connect with you, what was one of your favorite parts of the last hour that we spent here with jo uh, Scott and Josh? Well, there were many, many things that I wrote down and some things that I definitely need to uh, learn about what they did and how they did it. But uh, I think just a the creativity and entrepreneurial spirit that they both have and the, the way they have come together to form this amazing team. I think they complement each other for the very little that we had a chance to talk with them and, uh, keep climbing. Don't be afraid to ask. Uh, relationships are very important. I think, uh, I think, uh, they have a great team. I speak at least, Lisa sounds very, uh, a great, uh, team member as well. So, um, uh, no, this was this was a really good interview. Thanks for thanks for coming and thanks for having me as well, Scott. You bet. And so Enrique, how many pages you're you got that legendary notebook? You probably have thirty seven thousand of them now. <laughs> how many pages <laughs> did, did they fill of of the one you've got right here? 
a couple of pages for sure. And, uh, <laughs> no, all great stuff. It's a, it's such an interesting industry that no one really talks about or thinks about. So it's right. kind of what makes me excited about talking to entrepreneurs like them because they come into an industry that basically no one else considered, right. uh, or very few people consider. And then they're actually trying to take advantage of the opportunity. So very interesting. Congratulations okay. again. So folks, check out Titan Casket. Make sure you uh, reach out. Uh, you heard them, uh, Scott and Josh. They welcome your phone calls, your your emails, you name it. Uh, but you've got options now. And let's not let's all work together to not make death care uh, taboo. Um, all right, Enrique, before we wrap up here, of course, your show's Logistics with Purpose, which has just been a dynamo. Uh, just like there's a lot of purpose in this conversation today, you, you'll find that by the truckload with that podcast. You can find that anywhere, listeners. Many of y'all may have listened to some of those supply chain now in Espanol. We're reinvigorating that with, uh, Sophia, um, uh, Rivas Herrera. So stay tuned for that as we re- relaunch that here in 2023. But one quick question, Ricky, before we go is, um, leveraging logistics for Ukraine, right? And this has been going on for, uh, eight months or so now. Um, how can folks plug into that and, and help families in need? Well, I think the easier way to contact me is through LinkedIn as well. I mean, you just search Enrique Alvarez or Vector Global Logistics. That's probably the easier way of doing it. The other way could be through our website at vectorgl.com. And you'll find all the information not only about the Ukraine, but also some of the other uh, initiatives that we have. Wonderful. Well, always a pleasure knocking out these conversations with you, Enrique Alvarez. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Scott. All right, folks, to our listeners, thank you for joining us. Hopefully you've enjoyed this episode as much as we have. I tell you, I've learned a ton of what was in my blind spot. Um, hey, be sure to find Supply Chain Now wherever you get your podcast from. Find us on YouTube. It's an easy way to connect uh, and to even comment, engage in, in our webinars, our live streams, our podcasts, you name it. On behalf of the entire team here at Supply Chain Now, Scott Luton challenging all of our listeners to do good, to give forward, and to be the change. And with that said, we'll see you next time right back here. That's the plot you know. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts. And follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now. Supply Chain Now.